Welcome to The Land Scene. I'm Lucy Solis, and this is a program dedicated to the people of our city. I wanted to create a place for us to have authentic conversations about the inspired stories, opportunities, and resources available right here in our town. As someone who has spent a portion of my life in poverty, I was able to change my trajectory through the help and the resources available right here in our community. I am proof that when we unify, our city and its people can rise together. Well, welcome to The Land Scene. I'm Lucy, and today in the studio, we have Mike McKessick from the Mikey 23 Foundation. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, my name is Michael McKissick, as I said. Um, I'm from the Lansing area, born and raised. Started the Mikey 23 Foundation when my son Michael was murdered August 1st of 2015. And so what we try to do with um, our foundation is try to teach our youth um, how to communicate, um, not just uh, with a hammer. Even though our motto is, um, instead of picking up a gun to commit gun violence, pick up a hammer and build up your community. And so we started a foundation named after my son, Michael. He's, he was named after me, Michael, but we called him Mikey, and he was 23 when he, when he was murdered. So that's why it's called the Mikey 23 Foundation. Wow, that's really powerful. So tell me a little bit, you mentioned the hammer. Um, tell me a little bit about that. So I'm a contractor for the city of Lansing, uh-huh. and um, what I basically do is I, I have a family construction company, which is called McKissick Construction, mm-hmm. and my son, Michael, was working for the family construction company, and he was very good at his hands. And so we, decide, we decided to start training our youth, um, not just our youth, but adults too, because we got an apprentice program too with 18 and over, and then we have a, a youth program from 9 to 16. Oh, that's wonderful. And so we, we teach them how to install windows, doors, um, siding, um, culture stone, concrete work, decks, uh, hanging cabinets, flooring, painting. And also we teach them the electrical plumbing in HVAC. So they get their hands, they get to touch every part of the aspects of a house and what it's like to remodel a house and how to build a house also. Wow. So I actually have had the opportunity to see one of the houses um, that you were working on, and I've seen the kids. So how does one, how do, you, how do you connect with the youth? How do you get them involved? So when we started, so we started the, the youth program years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've noticed about our youth, because even in my neighborhood, because I stay on the south side of Lansing, mm-hmm. one of the things I've noticed that, um, I come from an era that it takes a village to raise a child. I come from that era. Literally, I seen and and lived when neighbors seen me doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. They put me in my place. My parents got home. They did the same thing. Our community has gotten away from that, um, meaning that when we see kids walking in our neighborhood, we, we don't say hi to them. We just go about our business. We need to get a chance to get to know them. Mm-hmm. And so... These kids come from, when I started the Mikey 23 Foundation Youth Program, um, the kids came from all over, and it's about word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, we really don't advertise, so to speak, um, but it's about parents telling the next parents that my child is involved in this program, my child is involved in this program, or the kid will say, you know, I'm involved in Mikey 23 Program. They have taught me X, Y, and Z. We had, last year, we had one incident that happened. I can't mention the child's name because they're underage, but 
One particular incident happened. Um, one child was joined, wanted to join, well, his parents wanted him to join the Mikey 23 Foundation. He didn't want to do it during the summertime. And so his mother made him. So when he started, he loved it. So today he's one of our top-notch students. Not just that, one kid before, prior to him coming to Mikey 23, a kid was trying to pull him into um, gang activities doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And so the kid that was trying to pull him in, the gentleman trying to do wrong, he seen what his buddy was doing in the Mikey 23 Foundation. He asked his uncle, can I join the Mikey 23 Foundation? And so he also is one of our top-notch students today. You know, he got away from that lifestyle um, doing wrong, and now he's and he actually doing good in school. And we're very proud of the both of them. So it's... um. We always say if we can breathe on the next person on a positive note, then therefore it's it contagious, and then therefore they will always come to the Mikey Twenty Three Foundation. And it's, it's and it's not just about building and teaching them; it's about mentoring and and earning that trust amongst our youth. And giving them a skill, it changing is. the yep. trajectory, like you said, they were in the gang life, and yes. then you change the trajectory to know that there's more out there. That's right. After that is fantastic. That's right. So you're in the community a lot. What does community service mean to you? Giving back. Mm -hmm. So uh, my son, um, you really don't know what type of child you raise until somebody else come and tell you about your child because you see your child in the house all the time, but when they go about, you know, their daily life, you know, you don't know until somebody said, well, your child is, did this X, Y, and Z. So really good I'm, point. I'm bringing that up. It's only because Michael um, helped this elderly lady out one day. He met her at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And... She was ahead of him, and she was short on money. And Michael came out of his pocket to pay the balance of it. And them two became friends. But Michael never came back home and told his mother. Now, he never said, Mom, look what I did. So every two weeks, he was bringing her groceries. He found out what she liked and never charged her. So shortly after his, about a week or so after his uh, funeral, the lady found my wife and I and said, you know, um, she came over to her house and one of her grandkids brought over to the house and said, listen, thank you for your, thank you for your son. This is what he did for me. And Michael never came home to did that. So community service, uh, what we have done to the Mikey 23 Foundation, giving back, right? So we know that certain elder, elderlies need help in their homes. They're staying in their homes, right? And they can't afford the minor repairs, doors, windows, and paint and things of that nature, or even more in the grass or even snow removal. So what we have started in the Mikey 23 Foundation, we have started a program that we're, especially this fall is coming up, we're, we're teaching them how to give back, even though we paid them um, to learn a trade. But that particular weekend, they have to give back, they don't get paid. So we're starting a program of helping elderlies that can't afford to do minor repairs in their home. So it will be actually next month when the kids will start for our program. And we have an elderly, uh, dis uh, she's, dis she's dis disabled, mm -hmm. and she, we will be working on her house, and this will be our first time. So I told the parents that this is the, one of the criteria of signing up for Mikey 23, that we have to learn how to give back um, to our to our community and this is part of community service yeah kind of yeah. like your son kind of started that trend yeah, on did. that right that that's so wonderful that to add to just make yeah. your heart feel yeah, oh my gosh it made my heart beat when yeah. i heard that yeah. um so with the kids i'm thinking of the kids when i'm out in the community because i do a lot of community work how do we get the message to kids that want to be involved in something like this so what you want to do um we go, we go speak to churches also, too. Um, then we go to the Islamic centers. And then, you know, we're trying to get out to the, all the other communities. And a lot of kids, 
they knew they may not want to attend college, right? right. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a college degree in computer science, which is COBOL, PESCO, RPG, which is old ancient language that nobody even heard of. Um, but I learned, I love to work with my hands and certain mm-hmm. kids may want to work with their hands and they can make a good living out of it. And mm-hmm. some of them can make a good living out of it more so than individuals has, um, have a college degree. And therefore, getting into trades is a very positive thing because you get into trades or an apprentice program, you don't have to pay for none of that. You don't have no debt. You get paid to get trained. And so therefore, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for the, the kids, the parents that doesn't have to come out of pocket to pay a college mm-hmm. fee and things mm-hmm. of this nature. So in order to get the word out for these youth, um, it's always about what we're doing now, talking about it now, mm-hmm. um, through this podcast and letting them know that this program is available if your child wants to get involved. And I'm talking about from young ladies into into young men. And we also, this is our first year, we're teaming up with Lansing Promise also too. And what that basically looks like is that um, the kids that wants to have um, go to school, work the work study experience, they can go half day at school and then come for the rest of the day, remaining time and come with the Mikey 23 Foundation. So we have three students sign up already this fall. So um, matter of fact, one just yesterday, and her name is Elise, and um, she's um, and she's and she's very, I'm very smart, you know, very smart, and um, and she speaks three different languages too. So it kind of blew my mind that she does that. But anyway, and so this is our way of um, spreading the word out and we also we attended Lansing Lansing Eastern invited us prior to school starting to to present our program to the students and that's where we met um, her from that particular um, event right there so these are our one of the ways of trying to reach out to our students that's so awesome so it's co-ed yes, which it is. is very it, very it is. awesome it is so let me ask you a question so once they get into the what's the age first of all they start off from nine years old or um, well so there's two programs. Well, okay. there's three different programs total. Okay. You have the apprentice program, which is 18 and up. They have to have a GED and um, 18 and up. Okay. They can get an apprentice program. Okay. Um, and then they have the youth program. The youth program is um, generally during the summertime. We had them on two days a week. But now that the school has started, we're, we're only having them on weekends, which is on Saturdays. Um, but however, we have, which that, that, that age group is from 9 to 16. Okay. okay, but the high schools on the ones that have work experience, they can only be in high school because of the works in Monday through Friday. They only can um, attend that from their ages as far as that, which is a high school is from that in that regards. So once, so if you're in the nine to sixteen program, once you're done with that, do they go to the eighteen and up one? That's that's up to them. That's, that's up, up to is them. that like a continuation yeah, from the it first is. program? It okay. is. So what is so we have summer. We have all four season program, which is summer, fall, winter and spring, all four seasons that we go through. Um, and this way it gets, so like we have um, uh, 10 students now mm-hmm. that has been with us ever since the beginning of last year. And so they they have learned how to framing, um, citing, um, HVAC. Now we're in the process of learning them, uh, teaching them um, electrical and plumbing. And so the new, the new students that would come in will start from the beginning because we have to learn safety, right? Because the most important thing in construction is safety. So we teach them the safety parts of, of construction. And then the next aspect is um, how to run power tools, right? And then the next thing, how to use a measuring tape, right? You got to know how to use a measuring tape because you cut all, all, all the lumber. If I give you a number, you know, because lumber is expensive these days. Yes, and so is. we teach them all the basics. Then they advance to the other programs that we have. And then once they finish all three programs, do they get a certificate? They do. They do. No. So 
when they complete, like we just had the summer, the spring program, mm -hmm. and that was installing windows. And so they got a certificate on how to professionally install the window. Everybody said they can install the window, but I don't know if anybody's out there listening. So if you're ever in the wintertime, you're sitting by a window, you feel that breeze come through the uh, by the window, that's because it wasn't insulated around and it wasn't installed correctly. Um, and so therefore we teach them the correct way and how to install windows. Oh, so mine weren't. That's why I put the tape, the <laughs> yeah. plastic around mine <laughs> in the wintertime. So that's awesome. So then, and then you work with the Lansing Promise, which is phenomenal because yes. I've done a lot of work with Justin, yes. who's awesome. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So then with the Lansing Promise, does that help them get into a program after high school? Yes. Yeah, so like if they want to go so to like exactly. LCC yeah. or to... Or to our apprentice your, program, oh, to our apprentice program okay. also. They okay. can go LCC also too, but they can get off into um, our apprentice program if they move, want to move forward okay. with that because this is what they do. Ours is like 3,000 hours, 3,500 hours that they got to complete in order to get their okay. apprentice in, into our program. And this way, it's a win-win. It's and it's a win-win for the whole community too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, like Mikey 23, we literally take houses, you know, that and all the houses that we have worked on since we started Mikey 23, all of them was on the demo list. I mean, that means that the city had them on the list and they was getting ready to tear them down because it was too much money or nobody wanted them and it was going to they're going to be torn down. So we came, um, Mikey 23, uh, come to a neighborhood like right we were working on now in Rundle. Um, we come through there and and and, and take a house that is an eyesore and and make it so beautiful that the, the the whole neighbors is really thankful that that we're coming through to do that and they they're very helpful the neighbors are very helpful they they bring drinks and chips and and they even take pictures of themselves or the kids so we really appreciate so they're the thankful you're they fixing are. up they that are. house and they i are. think that's the house i it is i visited it yeah, is it is one, yeah. and it is we are um we are almost done with the outside because we're trying to get everything enclosed on the outside so that we can really start working on the inside when the weather gets um when the weather gets cold so next week will be uh learning how to pour a concrete driveway. And so, oh, nice. yeah, so they're going to learn how to finish concrete. And um, and can we teach them all those trades. I mean, literally everything that has to do with construction. You know, we let, we give them so they can put their hands on each. And then we teach them how to run a, a skid loader, which is a, is a name for the bobcat or or some some machine like that. We teach them how to uh, use that. We taught them. Tell me about a bobcat. What is a bobcat? Well, okay, it's a skid loader. <laughs> a skid loader, basically, it's like a, um, uh, a backhoe. You know, if you've seen, um, so we driving around the city of Lansing, right? right? So we have so many roads that tore up, right? So we, you see them yellow machines out there? Yes. That they're using? Yeah. Those, they have different names. Um, you have uh, you have a front end loader, and then you have a, a skid loader, and then you have a bobcat. So they have all three of those machines. When you're you going around the city of Lansing, and on yellow, on big yellow machine, that's what those are. And that's what you're teaching the and that's, and that's what that's we teach. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, we taught, we taught eight of them last year mm -hmm. and how to run a skid loader and that's a smaller version of the big machines that they got out there so that's a smaller version so just let the parents know out there we are it's all about safety so we make sure that this is we teach them about safety also too speaking of safety um so do they take some type of safety class prior to this so again everything is about um safety 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 you know we teach them about what would happen if this happens in you in a, in a construction site. You step on a nail, um, anything like that. So we make sure. So we have the liability insurance also to the Mikey Twenty Three, but we make sure that the parents have 
the medical insurance too. So the, we want to cover both aspects of it. And so we teach them that why, if you see a nail that's in a board that's sticking up, um, mm -hmm. we teach them that turn it over or bend it over so that the next person may not see it, right? Um, we teach them to make sure you clean up your area first. You make sure your area is cleaned up because when you're stepping over something, you may in accidentally trip over that. And we want to teach them that when, you, when you're running power equipment or any, any equipment like that, make sure you have safety glasses on because it's easy, you can put your eye out. Mm -hmm. uh, we teach them, the, the, we give them, we, we provide them all the boots, the safety gear, the sa you know, all the tools and things that we provide everything for them to, to, to have, to make sure they're safe and make sure that they're doing the job properly. And that's all part of the program you provide all that. Cause that's, it that's it is. probably means a lot to a lot of parents. It is. It that's is. part of it. Yeah. So it's no cost to the parents. At that's all. phenomenal. No and we feed them too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so if the community wanted to support the Mikey 23 Foundation, how would they do that? A lot of, a lot of parents and a lot of community people ask that question. Mm -hmm. And um, it ain't necessarily monetary to bring money. It's sometimes it can be bringing lunch. All right. Um, some people bring cookies and sweets and things of that nature. Um, you can, you know, certain things, if you think a child needs, um, if you want to just say, well, I want to go to... Um, a place to buy them some boots or buy some gloves or buy a hat or buy a jacket and, and things like that. You don't necessarily have to say, well, I'm going to give you money to go purchase these items. You can go get them yourself. Um, so, but if you want to do monetary, you know, it's real simple. Um, you can log on to Mikey23Foundation.org and you can donate from that. And we, we are a 501 and we're tax exempt so that you can have that written off on your taxes if, if someone chooses to want to do it that way. Or you can, and you, or you can just volunteer, right? You can mm -hmm. come in, parents can come or, or anyone can just come and volunteer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the last question I have for you is, can you repeat the website again if people want to get more information on yes, that? Yes, uh, that's M-I-K-E-Y, the number 23foundation.org. That's Mikey23foundation.org. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this information on your foundation. We really, really appreciate all you do for the community. Seriously, it's, it's so wonderful well, to see you. the kids. I've personally seen them, and I can't thank you enough for being a part of Lansing. All right, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to The Land Scene. Music for The Land Scene provided by Joystack. For more information, go to joystack.org. To listen to this episode and others on demand, visit lccconnect.org. If you have a story to share or would like to be a guest on the show, let me know. I'm Lucy, and thanks once again, Capital City. It means so much to me to have the support of our community. Remember, when unified, our city and its people can rise together. Featuring the faculty, staff, students, and others that help to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. LCC Connect, Mid-Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. If you're considering returning to school, exploring career options, or needing support in life transitions, Lansing Community College has the Adult Resource Center available to qualified students. 
The Adult Resource Center staff provides one-on-one -on -one appointments, registration assistance, referrals to community and campus resources, tuition and childcare grants, academic advising, and other helpful tools to help with your educational career. To find out more information, visit lcc.edu and search Adult Resource Center. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Lansing Community College welcomes transfer students. Transfer students may apply transfer credits towards their LCC degree, certificate, or transfer program. Learn more at lcc.edu slash belong. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for another edition of Equity. Equity is a play on words spelled E-Q-U-I-T-E-A. Why? Because I just love sharing a good cup of tea. Equity is designed to provide you with tips on issues surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion to enhance your everyday life. Today on Equity, we're going to be talking about a phrase, calling in versus calling out. I'll say it again, calling in versus calling out. And what does that look like in real time? So the phrase calling in is something that might be new to you as a listener. It's often used as a time of empowering, affirming, or a sincere understanding to another person's perspective. We all know about calling out when we hear something disruptive and we hear something that we don't like, a microaggression or more. Calling out is more of a disempowering, debating, pushing away and not respecting points of view. So today on Equity, I want to give you a few tips on why it's important to follow the call in versus the call out. The first tip and reason why this is important is because calling in develops a culture where people can have their voice and their input. It's also an opportunity to share empowering ways of decision making and giving constraints for those that have superior roles. Lastly, it creates a foundation of trust. I'm going to say that again. It creates a foundation of trust and holds each person in high regard. So when you call in versus calling out, you are also doing some great work when it comes to listening. Here are a few ways to cultivate the calling in culture. Number one, 
Have self-accountability. Regulate yourself before you say something. Think, is this going to be uplifting? Is this empowering? Is this the right time to say what I'm about to say? Self-accountability is the first rule in developing a call-in culture. Two more quick notes and then we are out of your hair. Do your homework. Make sure that you are recognizing the power structures in the room or in the conversation and how you deliver your messaging really does matter. Lastly, consider everyone's cultural influence. When you begin to speak up and when you begin to call folks in, recognize where they're coming from. It's always good to be nice, but it's even better to show kindness. So these are just a few tips on how you can call in versus calling out. Now go ahead and grab your favorite cup of tea and take a sip on all of these great tips. This has been another edition of Equa Tea. We'll see you next time. Featuring the staff, faculty, students, and others that help to make Lansing's Premier College what it is today. You're listening to LCC Connect. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College students now have the option to go beyond an associate degree through LCC's University Center. The University Center is a partnership between LCC and five four-year universities. Located on LCC's downtown campus, these universities offer junior and senior level courses, leading to more than 30 bachelor's degrees, several post-baccalaureate certificates, and options to obtain a master's degree. Current and former LCC students can take advantage of the convenient location at the corner of Capitol Avenue and Shiawassee Street on LCC's downtown campus. Find out more about the University Center, visit lcc.edu. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Lansing Community College's Business and Community Institute provides businesses with customized synergistic trainings that realize logistical opportunity. Learn more about the future of business today at lcc.edu bci. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedelian, and this is Shining Stars. 
a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Happiness, what is it and how do we get some of that stuff? Is it an elusive concept or is it closer than we think? My guest on today's episode of Shining Star is here to answer those questions and a little bit more. From inmates to CEOs, she has helped thousands of people attract the happiness they want. As a graduate of Ohio State University, she obtained a degree in sawmill management that led her to receive multiple awards for her work in environmental conservation and restoration. Fast forward to today, and she is now the author and co-author of several books, a prison minister, a public speaker, and she teaches classes on utilizing the power of our mind and the power of positive thinking. In 2020, she received a doctorate of divinity and has dedicated herself to helping others find happiness. Joining me from California via video conference is Reverend Dr. Mary Mitchell. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. This is absolutely great to be able to be in modern technology land and connect with you all the way across the uh, continental U.S. In the introduction, I mean, I really painted your background in a fairly broad strokes. Uh, so do me a favor and just start out by uh, telling me a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Well, I grew up in Ohio, Ohio State. <laughs> and, uh, and when I was in the lumber business, uh, working as a secretary growing up in Springfield, Ohio, I fell in love with the lumber business, and the gentleman who owned the company was quite a tyrant. And uh, in the office where there were 15 of us, in a year and a half, 11 people quit. And every time they did, I'd say, hey, I'll do that job. I'll do that job. And he said, okay, go do it. Go do it. And so I learned a lot. I wanted to have my own lumber business, which is why sawmill management attracted me. But at that time, this was... 78, and it was important to corporations to look for women to bring into management. And so a couple of days after I graduated, I had a job with Crown Zellerbeck in, the, in Puget Sound in the Northwest, buying wood from sawmills to supply their pulp and paper mills. Okay. And I just loved it. It was just one of the greatest things. I was negotiating contracts almost every day for years. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, became pretty good at that. And then I worked so hard that my husband had an affair. So I thought, okay, time to leave. <laughs> and was... just at that time, a 50 megawatt wood-fired power plant was being constructed here in Northern California. And they were looking for someone who knew how to find the wood to make this power plant go because it would require 100 semi-truck loads of wood a day, seven days a week. Mm. And, and uh, they interviewed me for seven hours, and they said, this is who we need. And so I did that for 10 years. And then the uh, Western Shasta Resource Conservation District, special district, was looking for a new manager. And they needed someone who could write and negotiate. And so I became their manager for um, 13 years. And that was a reverse of sawmill management because it was finding grants to rehabilitate streams, to do fuel reduction, to help make healthy forests. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I was done there, I went from a three-person operation to a 30-person operation and over $4 million in grants every year. Oh, wow. So then it was time to retire. And the next 
weekend, our minister at church decided she would retire, so threw myself into managing a 400-member church. So it's been a, a wonderful career. And all through it, my number one person that inspired me the most was my mother, because when my dad died when I was 10, and she had to go to work to save our house, and she was the most positive person in the world. I never knew how positive she was until I found the book, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, and I thought, that's my mother. How could, how could he know my mother? And so I read it and read it and read it, and it, I embodied those principles. And it's worked really well in my life. No matter how hard things got, I always know, wait a minute, there's another way. There's another way to look at this in a positive way. And my curiosity uh, would always help me question everything and, and uh, talk to people. I, I would just talk to everybody about anything. And So anyway, it served me really well in life. So this, uh, the book by Norman Vincent Peale, that was just a major influence redirecting your life, would you say? Totally. I was, I was kind of a space cadet. I mean, I, I went to a strict Catholic <laughs> school and, and uh, never had any goals. I didn't, what were goals? I don't know. I was happy. And my mom kept saying, when, I, when you go to high school, you have to learn typing. Because if you can type, you'll get a job anywhere. And I thought, oh, that's a goal. Okay, I can do that. And so a couple days out of high school, an insurance company hired me to type insurance contracts. Mm-hmm. And that's before computers and whiteout. So if you typed a whole page and you made one error, you had to throw it away. Sure, yeah. So yeah. I went from manual typewriter at school to selectric fast typewriters at this company. And 90 cents an hour, by the way. And wow. so after getting married, my husband was in the Navy and I got a job working at the Navy Exchange on Whidbey Island in Washington, typing purchase orders for a dollar an hour. I got a 10% raise. I was thrilled. And then going back home, that's when I started working at the lumberyard, and things just escalated from there. So it's been, a, it's been a wonderful life. It sounds like it's been a great journey, and it's great that it seems to have put you in a place and a location that you're meant to be. It sounds like you're, you're then overseeing a church as a reverend. Am I correct in that? I did that for three years, and then okay. my husband has had um, really bad surgery experiences, and so I needed to retire. And so now I'm working out of the house, and I have a wonderful prison ministry that this philosophy helps so much. Mm-hmm. And so um, my other minister friend who I served with said, Mary, these are the kids that you never had. You're just enjoying helping them, you know. I've got four prisoners I correspond with. So it sounds like your goals were completely different when you were younger then. It had to be a spiritual thing because mm-hmm. it just, you know, oh, take this road. Okay, now take that road. Okay. Why not, you know? It's always one of those things where when I talk to younger folks, I always kind of want to give them some great words of advice. And if you had the ability now to talk to younger you, what would you say to her? If you really believe you want it, you can do it. You you can do it. I mean, I proved that to myself in my 20s when I went to college. I was 28. And I thought, I'm going to get this degree in Salmo management, then I'm going to get some hotshot job, and I'm going to get a 3.0. That was my goal. Mm. Physics, chemistry, all this stuff is just like, blah, hard. And so I graduated with a 3.1. And I thought, Mary, why didn't you want a 3.5 or a 4.0, you know? Mm-hmm. I was so focused in my mind. And so when you are that focused, 
the natural magnetic energy of your life in your in your mind and subconscious mind draws to you things that support you. And we forget that. So if we're drawing negative things, then we're going to have a rough time. But if we're drawing positive things and, and good things, I'm always surprised where they come from. It's like, I'd have never thought of that. I would have never thought of that. And here, here's another opportunity. I agree. And I, I wish those were the things that somebody had told me when I was younger, you know, to kind of look around and, and notice <laughs> your world and your, you know, what's happening in your world that's guiding you towards what you need to do, especially at that age. At that age, it is, I mean, sometimes it's hard to decide at my age now what I want to be when I grow up. But uh, even back then, I remember everything always guiding me towards broadcasting, even though I didn't initially go down that road. And uh -huh. I, I, sometimes I think about all the time I could have saved if I had just done that early on, but I didn't. I always think, I think it's a God thing because I would have never thought of it myself. Uh -huh. and it, definitely. Last year, I had a radio program. Once a week, a, a community radio station invited me because mm -hmm. they knew how much I loved books. So I did a show on Saturday on two nonfiction books that I liked, and I, I enjoyed that. But then other things are calling me. And so I, I, had, I had to say, you can't do it all. And so was, that was a good experience. Okay, move on to the next thing. Oh, that's awesome. And also, I, I think as a younger man, there was very few times that I really tuned into the news. But nowadays, you tune into the news, and it seems like a lot of, I don't know, what do we call it, unhappiness is happening, or people at least seem sometimes unhappy. And I think that's the way news naturally kind of skews things anyway. But what would you explain to somebody how you find happiness in everything that's happening in, in the world? Because sometimes it gets overwhelming. You know, as, as a minister also, I hear that from so many people. And I want to jump in and support them, but I can't. Because I know the truth. Happiness is a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. Are we going to spend the next four hours worrying about something? Crying about something? Judging people is wrong? You know, because the truth is, everybody's doing the best they can every minute. Mm -hmm. Every minute whether it's the prisoner, the drunk, the addict, everybody's doing the best they can. And what that does is it brings up compassion. That's the best. Wow. Mm. And it brings up compassion for myself at the end of the day. And I go, did I do my best today? You know, did I really do my best? And so um, if that's the best people can do and the world looks like it works, uh, the world looks like it looks, I know the power of positive thinking has a lot of opportunity in the world because well, it's just the creative process. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. And you might have heard the words, you are what you believe. You attract what you believe. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's, it's actual energy movement. And it's also called seed, soil, plant. You plant a seed, positive or negative. You water it tomorrow, positive or negative. Correct. And then the soil, which is our subconscious mind, is actually a magnet. Okay, that's what she wants. It used to be called in our church the Laurel and Hardy uh, way the world works. Okay, that's what she's focused on. Give her more of that. And when we can stop that negative pathway and prove to ourselves that if we do focus positive, oh, my God. I can change my life. 
Yeah, it's kind of the basis of this show too. It's it's excellent advice, and and in essence, to uh, recap, you're saying the happiness is within people. You just have to find it, right? It is, uh, and it, you know, for a minister too, I I don't avoid the news because that tells me what to pray for that day, mm. and so that's another way of just contributing a little bit to uh, a, a better world. All right. All right. Yeah, I wish I could ignore the news more, but I can't, unfortunately. Oh, I can't. I can't. Uh, (laughs) But one of the things that you said while you were talking about that, one of the things that struck me was the thing that I see people and myself doing the least, and that is having compassion for yourself. I can very easily give other people compassion, but I find myself being harder on myself than I would to somebody else. How do you give somebody advice on being compassionate to themselves? I think it goes back to that that truth that everybody's doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And if they are having trouble, they don't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I had a woman yesterday at church that her father died on Wednesday, and she was she'd been crying since Wednesday. She just didn't know what to do. So I talked about that, and I talked about, you know, if science is right and string theory is how the world operates, there are nine different dimensions we're going to go into as we transition from one to the other. And it's all good. And it's all based on love. Mm-hmm. That's the background energy of the universe. So there are ways to just change your thinking. And if you can, if you can grasp that, it changes your life. Very good. Very good. So you kind of shared a little bit of a story there about how you were helping her. Can you give me a story where you just realized how much a difference that you were making in somebody's life, a time where you went, wow, this is the path I'm meant to be on. This is where I'm making a difference. For seven years, I wrote a monthly magazine article on the power of the mind. And this gentleman in prison for life, in prison when he was 19 for murder, and he wrote me at age 36 and he said, is there anything here in this philosophy that can help me adjust to being in prison for life? I said, absolutely. And so we've been corresponding and uh, we published our book of letters and it's his title, My Search for Ancient Wisdom, One Prisoner's Journey of Transformation. Okay. And it's all, every one of our letters. And he was, he was so angry and such a gangster when he went in prison. Mm. He, he was afraid of being hurt. So he would always hurt the other person first. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, as I started helping him see that that other person was doing the best they could. The guards are doing the best they can. The administration's doing the best they can. So why beat them up, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not have compassion for them? And then maybe they'll have a little compassion for you. Because you got the guards thinking the prisoners are crap. you got the prisoners thinking the guards are crap. And then you got the gangs. And what good can come out of this? So one day he was coming out. This is about... Six years into our correspondence, it took that long to, for, for things to change. He was coming out of the cafeteria, and one of the guards that always picked on him stopped him and said, Nichols, you've got blue shoelaces on. I want those shoelaces. You can't have blue shoelaces. Usually, he would have just pounded the heck out of him. Mm-hmm. He took a deep breath, and he reached down, and he took his shoelaces out and handed them to him. Mm. To the shock and awe of everybody else in the cafeteria. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what, that's one of my favorite. And now 
he's become kind of like a prison Buddha. Okay. And he's helping the new guys who walk in the door and they're scared to death. And he sits them down and he says, there's another way, if you're interested, there's another way to be here. And he teaches. Now he's, his motto is each one teach one. And now he just turned 50 and he's going to be there for the rest of his life. What a gift to people he is. That's wonderful. Am I correct in saying that you helped him write that? Is, is that what I heard? Oh, it's our letters okay. from his first okay. letter to me to uh, our last letter about a year ago. That's awesome. It is. It's really amazing. So you said that the book by Norman Vincent Peale was very influential on kind of where you're at today. Is there somebody in your life that, that you found to be very influential to guiding you to where you are now? You know, I was I was looking at that the other day because it was my mother. She was positive. Mm. But my grandmother, mm. her mom, as I kept going through things and thinking about it, there were 11 of us uh, cousins from my mother's brothers and sisters, us cousins. And whenever we'd get together, our parents would just be crazy positive, crazy happy, tell stories that would have us laughing, rolling on the floor of when they were kids, because grandma always told them they were very poor, doing laundry for people, cooking for people, working in the fields. And she would say, when you go out, do everything you can and have fun, just have fun. And the stories we would hear would just blow your mind. So it was in, in embedded in the family. That's wonderful. I can't say that my uh, family was as positive, but uh, they were very loving, and that's pretty much all we needed. Well, uh, most people who come into our center are coming in pain. Okay. And so what we help them look at is not how bad your family was, because there's all kinds of families, but what have you believed yourself Believed in yourself in a negative way. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm no good. Or da, da, da. I can't tell you how many women say there's no good men in Reading. And then the men say there's no good women in Reading. <laughs> and then they draw uh, inappropriate people to yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. When you're saying there's no good men in Reading or vice versa, then yeah, that's what you're going to get is, is no good men and no good women. Proof positive. Yeah, uh, you bet. Positive change. I always uh, like to ask my guests, how do you define positive change? How do you realize that you're making positive change? Happiness. Yeah. I'm not waking up with dark thoughts in the morning. Mm. I'm not looking at someone who's homeless on the street and thinking badly of them. Certainly. I'm sending them love. Mm -hmm. When I am in the midst of, I, I was at the crisis center uh, here in Shasta County for a long time before COVID. And I saw a lot of dregs of society. Mm that by communicating with them and just being a happy person, it lifted them up. Mm. And so that gives me comfort that I've got a purpose. And it's not drilling something into you. It's just being an example, the best example I can, I can be. Certainly. We were just talking about the concept of what you think is what you'll attract. So I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. How does complaining make you literally sick or literally make you sick? I should say. Yeah. You know, I had a lady call me from LA and she'd written, read an article I'd written and she said, can you help me? Because I just retired 
And now I've been diagnosed with hepatitis C. Mm. And I'm shocked. And I said, well, if you know anything about this philosophy, there are areas of our body where negative energy settles. And so when you're stressed a lot and angry a lot, you may get an ulcer. And people can go, oh, I got that. But when it comes to other parts of the body, um, they don't connect it very well. Hmm. But there are a couple people in the world who have spent decades connecting the dots. And I said, do you mind if I pull this book off the shelf by Louise Hay? And she said, oh, no, that'd be fine. Looked up hepatitis. Deep, deep regret. Hmm. Deep regret. Hmm. So does that make sense? And she, she started crying and she said, oh, my God, a year ago I retired from the job I dearly loved and I've regretted it every day. Oh. I said, sweetheart, you need to get a new hobby. <laughs> yes. But it's that dramatic. And it takes months of complaining about something. Is it, Are you complaining about your body or other people? And things shift and come to show you this is not a good, healthy thing for you. I also heard it put in a way that if you're telling yourself that I've got this going on somewhere inside you, we'll say a wart. Is that a wart on my finger? We'll, we'll make it basic and simple. Eventually, your body or your brain or however you want to look at it is going to be convinced, yes, that wart is there, whether it's there or not. Is that the kind of the same concept? It is. Yeah. It is. I had a, a relative who had a really great electrical business, mm -hmm. and his partner uh, undermined him and left with all the money. He was so angry, so deeply, deeply angry, because mm -hmm. they worked together for years. A year later, he got pancreatic cancer. Mm. Now, most people don't know anything about pancreatic cancer, mm -hmm. but that is an area where really, really negative energy settles. Mm -hmm. It just settles there. And if you add more to it, over time, things happen. Mm. We've been talking about happiness, finding happiness. And I, I'm always reminded of the time when uh, Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy came out. The joke right. was always, you know, you'd have comedians that I'd say, oh, there it is. That's all I had to do. So we're putting a very basic concept to this. But as we all know, we all have personal obstacles, things that sometimes make it difficult to be happy. So the question is, is what's your method for identifying and removing personal obstacles to happiness? You know, now I'm a caregiver. My husband has short-term memory, like about that oh, long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is not what I planned. <laughs> so we're going to the grocery. I've got a long list of things to buy for Thanksgiving. And he said, well, just let me come and I'll roll the cart and you fill the cart. Okay, great. So we go into the vegetable section. I put one thing in the cart and he leaves. He goes to the other part of the store. So I've got an armful of stuff and I can't find him. Well, he was in the wine section, bought two cases of wine. I'm going, I have to go back and get all this stuff. And so I'm trying to be calm in a store, obviously. And I get the other stuff and I can't find him. And all of a sudden I look and goes, I already checked out. I'll meet you in the car. Oh, no. I've got all this stuff I have to check <laughs> out. And, you know, I had a flash of anger. Mm -hmm. And then when I looked at it, I thought, Mary, you forgot mm. that he forgot. And he was just doing what he did. So I have to have a good sense of humor, and sometimes I don't. 
And I have to forgive myself and say, you know, I'm going to do better next time. And that goes back to the same thing we were talking about earlier, giving yourself compassion when you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes anger as a caregiver can, can happen very fast. You know, the third time the question's asked in five minutes. And uh, it's like, where's where's my patient? So I started a caregiver support group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that helps me a lot as well as helping others. Excellent. Excellent. You're still doing work as a prison minister, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah still it's, doing it's that. Not. You've obviously got your hands full as a caregiver. Is there any other projects that you're working on at the moment that you'd like to oh, let folks gosh. know about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, I, you, I, you I is your retirement officially busier than your actual work life before then? <laughs> I have to be careful because I love writing. I just uh-huh. love writing. Okay. And I recently worked with a PR firm that helped me get like shows like this. And now they've recommended me to a firm that looks for books and movie scripts to help producers, movie producers. Mm-hmm. And so I've pitched the book to them and they're interested in contemplating it, making it into a movie. Oh, wonderful. And so I'm just like, oh my God, that's so awesome. And then I remembered when I left Puget Sound and came down here and got divorced, I learned movie script writing and I wrote a script about my time up there and what happened. And I was able to get an agent and she took it around Hollywood and they said, she writes really well, but there's not enough sex and violence in here. (laughs) And so just recently, because I found the producer that's interested in our book, I pulled the script out and I spent some time spicing it up, so to speak. And my husband read it the other day and he said, I couldn't sleep all night. So I guess I I did pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, got it in there. So next week, I get to pitch the script to a producer and see what they think. Very cool. Well, I hope that works out for you. How fun would that be? It'd be excellent. It'd be one of those things. And and, and, uh, that is something that, in fact, you writing these books, you're going to have an effect on other people. Yeah. And that's a wonderful thing to know. Well, there's another prisoner who found me through the newspaper, an ad for our church, and he wrote and said, I don't have any family. I don't have any friends. Could someone correspond with me? I said, of course. So his story was that he was raised by a Hells Angels father. And growing up, he and his little sister were dragged from one meth house to another. Mm. That was how they grew up. And finally, because he didn't get along well in that environment, they dropped him and his little sister off at Kmart and abandoned them. It would make an incredible movie because for the next 15 years, he traveled all over the North State and he kept a base camp under a bridge here in Reading. And finally, he decided, you know, I really don't know anything. So he would get books out of the Reading Library and read them under the bridge. And he read some art books and he's incredibly intelligent, incredibly. And he realized he's an artist. And so when we were going to put our book together, I said to Michael, what would you like on the cover? And he described it. And I sent that to Charles. I said, draw some pictures of this. And they were exquisite. So Charles' artwork is in Michael's book. He's amazing. And I said, if you want me to hold on to your art until you get out, I'm happy to do that. (laughs) 
In the last year, I've received 264 pieces of his artwork. Oh, wow. And he's very prolific. He has a lot of time. <laughs> well, yeah. And so I, I scan it, I log it, and I'm keeping it for him for his portfolio when it gets out. And another cute story, if you have time. Sure. He is, he is learning this power of positive thinking and how to do affirmations. And his celly, cellmate, has been telling other prisoners about this. And they're going, I don't know, maybe, maybe we should ask him. So they march into his cell and demand that he write affirmations for them. And, and, he, and he's telling me in, in a letter, he said, they come in like they're robbing a bank. Thugs are robbing <laughs> a bank. Demanding these positive affirmations. <laughs> well, I... I guess you're uh, putting out into the universe what you want. Maybe not the best approach. <laughs> anyway, so I'm having a blast. Dr. Reverend Mary Mitchell is her name. Is there a place where people can go to find your books? Oh, Amazon for sure. Amazon, definitely yeah. up there. Uh, it has been wonderful talking to you. I do have one more question for you, So, but I just wanted to say thank you very much for being a part of the show, and I wish you the best doing everything that you were doing. <laughs> as As I'm talking to you, I get a little overwhelmed here, so... Uh, I know people say, when are you going to slow down? I said, my energy level is so high, forget that. <laughs> I wish I could say mine was every day, but it's not. <laughs> all right, so my last question is one I ask of all my guests, and it is if you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? No matter what's going on, there's always another way. There's another way to happiness. There's a way to figure out any problem. There's always another way. And I found this through talking with hundreds and hundreds of people uh, when I was buying wood for the power plants, you know, what's going on? What's going on? There's always another way to be it, curiosity, I guess is the word, having intense curiosity mm-hmm. and you'll find the way. I like it. I like it. I always like to have my guests snap their fingers in hopes that uh, we actually make something like that happen. So go ahead and do that. Would you, Mary? Remember, we can all contribute something good to this world. No matter how big or how small, a simple smile or a friendly gesture is all it takes to expand positivity one inch further. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey parents, say hello to Instant Style with Fashion On. Just spray and look cool in an instant. What about my bifocals? Hey, I can't see. But your kids can see you, and trust me, they see fashion. Fashion On is not available in stores because it doesn't exist. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUsKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices 
Vibes, and Vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.